San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. Michael Jimenez. Halftime. Yes, sir. It's halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. We're on the go at com, and we are on the road coming at you live from Radio Row in Los Angeles, California, site of Super Bowl 56 later on on Sunday. My name's Michael Jimenez. Back at the studio, we got James Fledger and Jack Thompson. How you guys doing? Fine. Can't complain. What's happening, Very man? Nice How are you enjoying your week so far? What, is, what was night two in L.A. like? Night two in L.A. ended early for me, Rob, and Rudy, man. We, we were in bed by 9 o'clock, and we are so disappointing pleasure at this moment when it comes to that, man. We have to pace ourselves, man. I can party like a rock star every other night, but I can't party back-to-back nights. That's the problem. I mean, that's great and all. I'm happy that you're having a good time, but you are kind of letting me down just a little bit in terms of (laughs) the fact that you went to bed at 9 o'clock, which I get is 11 o'clock here. But even then, I expect you to make it to like 10. Damn. And I haven't worn any of the clothes that we got, man. You and I went to North Star Mall this past <laughs> weekend to shop, got some cardigans looking good, and I haven't worn any of it yet, man. Just been rocking the polos and T-shirts the, this, this trip so far. But, you know, this morning was pretty interesting. Got up, decided to brave the elements. No, it wasn't raining or anything like that, the elements being South Central Los Angeles. And I decided to go for a jog. I did a little over three miles, saw the USC campus, just went up and down there. It was pretty nice, man. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't. It wasn't a boys in the hood experience by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, you tweeted I mean, out kids that it were was. Walking to school. Yeah, <laughs> that is called comedy pledge. But uh, no, it wasn't that bad, man. We went. I went up and down the streets. Uh, saw the USC campus. Took some photos outside of the campus, and uh, you know, there was other joggers out there. It wasn't too bad. And my daughter's reaching out to us on Facebook Live. Gabby Jimenez from LSU says, asking, where is your cardigan fit? It is in the suitcase right now. I've got my cardigan on today. It'll come out Wednesday. I've got a feeling it's going to come out. Oh, man. Jack, are you disappointed in him? I know I'm disappointed in him, mainly because I put a lot of effort into getting him fresh and fly to go (laughs) out there and put all this work into it. So he's won. He's worn zero of the outfits been now. Influenced by my dad, and well, he has done zero things. It sounds like, except go to bed at old man time. What I have learned here at Radio Row is that radio people dress a certain way, and TV people dress a completely different way. They dress nicer. Case in point: Joe Reinigle sitting right next to me. Okay, I have grown up watching Joe Ryan Eagle for 25 years on TV, and he's always dressed in a suit, dressed to the nines. But, man, he is all casual out here. He is getting used to this radio lifestyle. But I'll tell you what, what's going on here at Radio Row is that I would say there's probably twice as many people as there were yesterday. Yesterday, kind of dead. You know, not everybody comes for all five or six days of Radio Row. But today, I'd say it doubled in size as far as the number of crews that are here, and uh, it's getting kind of exciting. Nice. You know, I'm wondering, because you're out there, obviously, and I I made this effort 
because I wanted you to be better than normal radio people out there. <laughs> I put in the effort because I wanted you to do better. And at this point, I feel like Ryan Gosling and Crazy Stupid Love, where I just want to slap you across the face and be like, be better. Be better than the gap. Yeah. No, man. Uh, like I said, I'm casual. That's the thing about California is that everybody is casual here. Everyone's in flip-flops. Everyone is just doing their own thing. Uh, I like it over here. We haven't gone to the beach yet, but I'm sure that's on the agenda. But, man, what I do have is I have a bucket list of things that I want to accomplish over here. I don't know if I told you about this pledge. You have But there were, there were ten things that I wanted to accomplish before going home. One is I want to take a picture with Mike Ditka, okay, because we're, we're doing the, the cigar party, and I know it's an outside shot of that happening. But the thing about bucket lists is that if you accomplish five or six out of ten, you're a winner, right? The other one is, is that apparently Warren Moon's going to be on the Blitz later on this week, and you know I grew up a huge Houston Oilers fan, so I just want to meet him. Right, so that's on there. Uh, number three, I want to talk to the Levitard crew. That's all the way on the other corner over there. I've seen them. I've said hi, but I want to get a little conversation with them. Want to meet a Super Bowl champ. That's four, that's four. Number five was meet Annie Agar from Valley Sports and of TikTok fame. And I did. I got to meet her yesterday. Took a selfie with her. Very, very nice. She has said that she'd be willing to come on this show at some point this week. Let's see if we can make that happen. Maybe today. You know, the the day is still young. Uh, I want to have a drink with a former a with a former athlete. Just one drink. I want to meet Cam Jordan because he's going to be at that event that I'm going to on Thursday. I'm a Saints fan. Uh, want to talk to a nationally syndicated host. I do see Jim Rome doing his thing over there, so might pop by and say hi. Well, I mean, Levitard's a syndicated host, so if you end <laughs> up meeting two birds, any, one stone. yeah, that's two, two birds, birds one, one stone. stone. Yep. Very nice. Uh, last two things. Uh, I want to I want to say hi to a famous actor or musician. And number 10 is I'd like to visit SoFi, but I don't know if I'm going to accomplish all of that. But I would say it's a successful trip if I can get five out of the ten. I would and say I'm so. Down. And that's the I'm thing about down. bucket lists. Bucket lists are not supposed to be attainable. It is things that you wish you can accomplish before basically you die. That's what a bucket yeah, list thing kicks is. the bucket. <laughs> right, but, but this bucket ends on Saturday, right? So uh, Before just you kick a look the L.A. Here. bucket. Exactly, exactly. But it is fun out here, and I am energized, man. Yesterday, I would, my tank was on empty. I had no energy yesterday, last night. We went to this soul food restaurant, and I, the thing about soul food, it's delicious, but it's also filling and heavy. And at the end of it, man, I needed a nap, and I went back to bed. But uh, it's a time difference over here, because Rudy and Rob need to get here. You see, what, what their show's 7 to 10, so that's 5 a.m. over here. So I have to drop them off at 3.30 in the morning, mm -hmm. and I'm just going through traffic right there, and uh, uh, it's it's interesting. Now, but, uh, in regards to the food that you had, because I saw this on social media, mm -hmm. was that Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles? No, it was a place called Fixin's. Okay. And uh, I, was, I was on Fixin's Instagram account, and apparently uh, Stephen A. Smith and Kendrick Perkins have talked about that place. And it's right, it's right across from Crypto Arena. So uh, it's, it's, it's good, man. The music was banging in there. We were watching UT play Kansas. We were getting all excited. We're the only ones cheering for Texas. People are probably wondering, why is this table of six jumping up and down because UT won that game? And it's like, oh, we're, we're from Texas. But uh, no, it, it was, it's good times. I want to go back. That menu looked amazing. I know uh, Ryan Agle, I, I had... Envy because he had what was it like cream 
I don't know, with some sort of pork chops. Yeah, yeah, smothered pork chops is what he had. And he said they were amazing. So I want to go back and get that. And it's funny because sometimes I go to certain cities, and if I like a restaurant, I just keep going back. When I go to New Orleans, I go with my wife twice a year just to go, just for the food. There's a restaurant called Mother's, which is just outside of the French Quarter. I go there at least once a day, every day that I'm there. I get it, especially when you travel, food's a big part of it. And I remember when we went to Oxnard a few years ago, the food we did was fantastic. The seafood at this place called Gladstones off on the pier. Like, mm-hmm. we ate well almost every single night while we were out in Oxnard, and I imagine it's going to be very similar. And as a matter of fact, I had Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles for the first time because nice. we do we do the week in Oxnard, and then we stay overnight in L.A. before we go back. So on the way to the airport, we stopped at Roscoe's, and that place is incredible. Now, rumor has it that it's Jason Minnick's birthday this week. So I know we're going to throw down for that. So because of that, you know, I need to rest and I need to pace myself. Reaching out to us on Facebook Live is Selena Jimenez, my wife. (laughs) I am going without you next time. Sorry, girls trip. Wow. Stephen Cantu, afternoon, gentlemen. Yeah, it's funny. I'm being roasted by my wife and my daughter right now on Facebook Live. You should be. I'm working over here. My wife is telling me that everything that I do over here is not work, right? She's like, you know, you're just going out there having fun. You're just drinking. You're just meeting celebrities, meeting athletes, just talking to other sports writers and just, you know, just hanging out. And and Ryan Eagles over here going, it's true. It's true. But it is work, man. It exhausted me yesterday. But uh, this is so much fun over here. Take a five-hour energy and man up. Yeah, I could I could tell you this much. Thursday and Friday is probably going to be insane over here because, I, like I said, double the amount of people from yesterday. I'm going to assume it's going to double again tomorrow and again the next day. So uh, it's pretty exciting. But I see, you know, iHeartRadio, Fox Sports. They're on they're on these podiums over here. Uh, NFL Network, uh, uh, SX, uh, XFM rather, uh, ESPNU. We've got FanDuel out here. It's good times, man. This is fantastic. Well, you know. Nice. Since you're there, you should take some pictures and send them to me so that I can put them on our ESPN social media accounts and everyone can see the wonderful time you're having out there. Oh, oh real fast. Jason Minnix is over here excited because Pat McAfee is uh, within a few feet of us. Oh, that'd so be a great excited. You should go yeah, get so- him now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that's the thing about me being on here today. I'm going to be bouncing in and out of this show because, uh, you know, I have responsibilities over here. And part of that's trying to get guests for various shows that we do. So, again, we're going to be here for R&R in the morning and also the Blitz from 4 to 7, Ryan Eagle and Minix later on today. Uh, but I'm going to be bouncing in and out from the noon show. But uh, I understand, Pledge, that usually when the guys go on this trip, that we're supposed to bring you back something. Is that true? I I mean, Minix usually does bring me something. This is a nice the gesture. Minix <laughs> brings you back stuff as a nice gesture. Interesting. I wonder what that what that dollar limit is because man, the merch over here is pricey, dude. I bought myself a pullover. I hope my wife's not listening. <laughs> I bought myself a pull a, 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 a just a sweatshirt. It was 120 bucks, man. Is it something else you're not going to wear? Uh, <laughs> yeah, though no, I've already worn it. I wore it last night. I, I was I, I was not I was I was not embarrassed, man. I just took off the tag and threw it on, took it to, to dinner, man. But, As you uh, can tell, I'm bitter still, that you haven't been wearing the outfits that we picked out. 
Dude, the, the week is young, man. We haven't gone out. You know, Minix went out to the yard house yesterday, so he had a good time. But, uh, man. I thought you went out and watched the Longhorn game. Oh, well, we that was that chicken place that we went to. So we were watching it there. But, man, the music was great there, man. It was early 2000s R&B. I mean, it was a bunch of Usher, late 90s, Black Street. I mean, it was banging over there, man. It was good times. That that The restaurant was, was designed for somebody who's in his 40s. <laughs> so you're saying it was a culmination of early to mid-90s music? Yeah, it was good times, and it was blaring loud. We had fried what we, fried deviled eggs. I had never had that before, but that was pretty good. So, But, uh, Jack, we need to have you out here, man. Why aren't you here with your dad? No yeah. invite. No What's invite. What's up with that? Man. No invite. No wow. invite. It's messed up. You're telling me. I mean... You've you've got the the ultimate man. Mm -hmm. You just tell That's your dad, I'm look, I'm going. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. If only it were so easy. I understand that we have a giveaway today: two Fandango codes to go see Death of the Nile, Death on the Nile, rather with Gal Gadot. Pretty exciting. What does somebody have to do to win that pledge? I don't know. As the host of the show, you should probably come up with something. Well, I didn't know I was hosting the show until about 15 minutes ago, man. I showed up. Here did like, I. Hey, doing the noon show? <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'll jump on. But, man, dude, wish you guys were here. It's exciting stuff. Man. I, I'm wide awake. Dude. I'm wired up. Yesterday I was dragging butt. He'll be Today, asleep I'm already, by five. I'm already, oh, yeah. I've already, I've already ran through over three miles. I'm wired. I had a, a, a not-so-heavy breakfast. I'm going to ruin my three-mile run because I also got myself a chocolate donut. But uh, aside from that, it's been a good day, man. And I am I am going to – I've told Minix this. I cannot party back-to-back -back nights. Well, like those days of my life out how Yeah, to you better figure over. it out. Wednesday, so Thursday, we the, Friday. We had the, we had the first night. Wednesday night. Oh, my God. We have that cigar party on Thursday. Yep. So I'm yep. have to figure, okay, so I'm going to have to try to do Monday, Wednesday, Thursday – Maybe I'll take the day off. And if today. you don't I think don't you're know. going out on your last night on Friday, you are sorely mistaken. Oh, I know, I know. Very nice, but uh, you're about to do a three night bender, and you better be prepared for it. <laughs> Very cool. Hey, I, I'm glad that Jack is here because, man, I understand that there was a big NBA trade that went down. There yeah, was. There was. There it's amazing. Was. And, and and it's so funny because I sit down and Pledge is like, hey, man, when we first start off, we're going to talk about that C.J. McCollum trade. And I was like, what C.J. McCollum trade? And he's <laughs> he's like, a spur, dude. <laughs> if you had told me that, that'd be cool. I would have I would, I would awesome. bought it. I would have bought it. I would have been I'm on just air start doing making things up now. Wow. I would have I, I would have done fantastic analysis of all of this. But uh, did you yeah. know the Spurs just traded Jakob Pertle for Luka Doncic? <laughs> Joe. <laughs> yes, exactly. I heard though. <laughs> What was it that they turned down a first-round draft pick, which is good. I yes. mean, come on. What exactly was the Bulls pick going to be? Like number 25, 26? Yeah, it was going to be Why? a late first. Yeah, no thank you. I mean, we already own their 2025. Why do we need that one? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the trade that did just go down today, C.J. McCollum headed to New Orleans along with Larry Nance, Tony Snell, in exchange for Josh Hart, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Thomas Sadoransky, and Didi Luiza. 
and, and picks. There are second round picks, and they're getting New Orleans 2022 first round pick. It is top four protected. Goes to the Blazers if it falls between five and 14. If it falls out of the lottery, the Blazers will then get a future first. Full reset, huh? That's basically what this is. Yeah. It and, is and a Dame's full gonna reset. Be, and Dame is going to be pissed. I don't he's, no, think so. I don't think Dame is pissed. I think he realizes that they've freeing up a bunch of cap space uh, and a bunch of trade cap space too, like 20-something million. It, they've Jack, created is it, is there... a $21 million yeah. trade exception. They can potentially open up $60 million in salary cap space this summer, and now they have multiple first round picks that that become assets to Do you guys consider do you guys consider Portland to be a small market team? Oh yes. yeah. So why would these star players want to go play in Portland with Dam- Damian, Damian Lillard. Lillard? No, I get that, but if if that was a big deal, <laughs> he would have had somebody there already uh, besides They CJ haven't McCullough. had the space They've like this. They've been tied up between Dame and CJ, they've been tied up for over the last decade. Yes. Now, I I will say Nobody's this. going to play there for cheap, but if they have the money, they will play with Dame. Portland is probably a more attractive place to be than San Antonio in the eyes of people who play yeah. in the NBA. Uh, but it's one of those things, man, where I will believe it when I see it, seeing a star player want to go to a small market team. We had that with LaMarcus Aldridge back in the day, but I we don't see that too, too often. I mean, Utah's done well signing some, some free agents, and that's, I guess, considered to be a sure. small market. Uh, but they were also a championship contending type team. They were relevant when they were getting their guys. Here's the flip side of that. Along with all this $60 million in cap space, $20 million in exception, now multiple assets, including lottery picks, that opens you up for the potential to go get somebody that can't say no, like a Ben Simmons. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Ben Simmons to Portland. Hmm. You know, it's interesting. I was looking at Ben Simmons' stats yesterday and to see how DeJounte Murray has pretty much obliterated them. That oh, yeah. Was, that was fascinating because the whole thing about during the offseason was you want to go after Ben Simmons because he he does all three things. He, he, he scores, he gets a lot of assists, he plays defense, and he gets a lot of rebounds. Mm-hmm. And see what DeJounte Murray has been able to do and be and do better than, than what Ben Simmons oh, had yeah. done in previous years. Definitely. That is absolutely amazing. Congratulations to DeJounte Murray, man. And I, I don't have the verbatim of that Instagram post that he had where he was thanking everybody for uh, and, and, and very proud of himself for making the All-Star team. It was something to the effect of thanking the Spurs for taking a chance on him because he was falling in the draft way back when. And something to the point of that uh, he had done questionable things in his past early on in life. And that the Spurs over, you know, looked past that and trusted that he had grown up. And beyond that, after you know tearing up his knee, everyone saying that his career might have been over, he would never get back to where he was, and for him to work his way back and be an all-star, which is what he wanted to be. One of his goals in the NBA was to be an NBA all-star, and now he is absolutely amazing that we've gone from Tony Parker to DeJounte Murray, and both of them be all-stars. 
he is now untouchable. The Spurs now have an untouchable player. I don't want to hear anything about the Knicks. I don't want to hear anything about trade offers. I don't care if it's a godfather offer. The Spurs need to have three stars to be contenders in this league. We finally have one. Hopefully we have one developing in either Keldon Johnson or Devin Vassell or Joshua Primo. And maybe we get one in free agency. And then we get our three stars that we need to be relevant. But DeJounte Murray, I'm sorry. That guy's going to be a spur for life because... He's untouchable. We we have to keep him. You know, we have to build around him. Speaking but, of the Spurs, yeah. Does this trade help to spur more movement for the trade deadline? You know what? I am optimistic that the Spurs are going to be movers and shakers this time around. And I have never thought that. I've always believed that they sit there holding a rotary phone. They don't even have cell phones, man. They don't even have conference calls. I've always assumed that they have rotary phones over there and they just sit there on their hands and do nothing. Don't even answer the phone. But this year, you know, whenever you hear rumblings from pretty reputable sources saying, hey, the Spurs are fielding offers, the fact that the Bulls offered a first-round draft pick for Yaka Pertl and that that got out shows that the Spurs are answering the phone and having conversations. So whether or not it's to get rid of Thad Young, whether or not it's to maybe upgrade the center position by going after DeMontis Sabonis, or if it's, go- or if it's trading McBuckets, it looks like they're willing to, to listen. And that's, that's great, man, because the Spurs have two things. They have expiring contracts in Thad Young mm-hmm. and Lonnie Walker. The Spurs have a very good player that could be on a, on a uh, contending team like, uh, like, like Doug McDermott. And the Spurs also have cap space coming into the offseason. When you have all three things, it makes you a little bit more intriguing to other teams out there because, again, you would need to have a godfather-type offer, I'm sorry, to get a Vassell out of this team or get a Keldon Johnson. But, Jack, let me ask you that question. Vassell and Keldon, are they untouchable to you? Uh, I mean, neither at this point. Neither has – I mean, I would say that the way Keldon has gotten better at shooting this season, he's become closer to that. But there's still more to prove on that end for him to be untouchable. I mean, you just said – DeJounte's untouchable because he's an all-star. Kel- Keldon's not gonna probably won't be an all-star next season, so, so he's definitely not untouchable at this point. But it would take a solid offer for mm-hmm. for you to pry him out of our hands. It's fascinating. The Spurs are are entering an interesting part of the development. Can the Spurs bounce back as opposed to bottom out? and then just just dwell there for an extended period of time, can they bounce back and be relevant again? And, Jack, I've said this the past couple of weeks. Don't know if you agree with it, but you need two stars to be relevant and three to be a contender in the NBA this uh, in these days. And I think that the Spurs are developing their players at a faster rate than we thought. Keldon Johnson, as you mentioned, has gone from being a 32 33% three-point shooter to 44 45%, one of the tops in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Man, that just shows the coachability of what he can do. He's also the number one shooter from the sides. Mm-hmm. Those Bruce Bowen shots, number one in the NBA when it comes to that. And when you take a look at, like, Vassell, Pledge and I have been in love with Devin Vassell since he was at Florida State. And I'm intrigued as to what he's going to be, not this upcoming season, but the year after. Can he be a mini Kawhi? Can he be a mini Sean Elliott? And then then the un, the unknown, Joshua Primo. 
What's going to happen with Primo? His development, he is, he, I mean, it's funny because you look at his stats and you think to yourself, okay, he's averaging five points a game. You know, he hasn't played in, in half the games this year. But what we see there is something that we haven't really seen in a lot of rookies, man, mm-hmm. that, that come in the silver and black. We see something there, and the dude should be a freshman in college right now. Yep, that's the this exciting is- part fascinating times to be a Spurs fan right now. And now, and on top of it all, on top of it all, not only do we have expiring deals, not only do we have uh, interesting trade bait in, in McDermott or Derek White, not only do we have cap space, but we also have the potential of a top five lottery pick this year. So man, I'm I'm amped up, man. Mm-hmm. I I want us to get some more L's, man. I, we oh, need yeah. more ping pong ball Tell combinations. I've been on that train the Ooh. whole year, man. Choo choo, yep. team tank, baby. All I we mean, need is six more wins in the season. That's all we need. <laughs> <laughs> all we need is six. Very nice, very nice. But uh, pledge. I'm gonna go try to track down a guest, man. Oh. I'm gonna try to track down a guest, so I'm gonna let you guys go for the for the minute, for the time being. But right. pledge, back to you, man. All right. Well, as you go find guests, whether it's for this show or the Blitz, you let me know. Jack and I will continue to hold it down. Jack, what do you think about this trade deadline? At least as it pertains to the Spurs, Michael was telling us exactly what he thinks and how he thinks they could be buyers. We've fallen for this carrot mm-hmm. at the end yes. of the stick before. We have. We've fallen of for times. it. It's a lot like San Antonio <laughs> needs to get an NFL franchise, right? I feel like we fall for it every time, but yep. this year. It, it seems feels very real. a little different. No, it does feel different, especially because there's a. I mean, there's good buzz, and there's been buzz all season, especially around Thad Young. I think if we're going to move anyone, it has to be him. Because if we don't move him by the deadline, he can then request a buyout, and then that's just an even bigger detriment to what we literally got rid of DeMar for nothing at that point. Exactly, and that's the first domino yeah, i think in terms of bad young it has to be there has to be something what well, i don't care if it's future second round picks like just let me know yeah. that you are attempting mm-hmm. to get something for the nothing that it seems you got demar Derozan for exactly. and on top of that there are other guys yaka Pertle. i Bob, love him mm-hmm. love him bulls hornets and the Raptors are all interested in Yakov. And I am interested in players on each of those teams mm-hmm. and future draft picks. Yep. But that's what it's going to take. Players and future draft picks because Yakov is A, young, mm-hmm. B, outperforming his contract, which is under $10 million a season. Yeah. He's got another season of that that you mm-hmm. get to keep him for. I need something in return yeah. if I am going to part with Jakob. I'm not getting rid of him just to get rid of him. No, he's easily a top center in the league, especially on the defensive end. He shoots a great percentage from around the basket. And I'm he, the best thing about him is his IQ in the game on both sides of the court. He's a great passer. So, yeah, if we're going to get rid of Jakob Pertl, it needs to be for a sizable assets. package. Yes. Yeah, assets. A good player pick, something along those lines. Yes, both. Yeah, both. They turned yeah. down a first already. Mm-hmm. I need lottery protected. Uh, I need lottery uh, yeah. guaranteed picks and a player. Mm-hmm. Like that's just what it boils down to when it comes to Jakob Pertl. On the other hand, Lonnie Walker, love him. Mm-hmm. Love. Always dude. loved Lonnie, but you know, it's just his inconsistency has come from season to season. Four straight year. It's just time to cut the cord and see if he can bud somewhere else, and maybe we can turn someone. That some like a player that like Lonnie on another team, we can turn him into something. So we'll see. 
and the it's the, those three that are really it's those three and we did hear at least on the thad trade front that there is at least talks mm-hmm. about moving him in terms of getting him to minnesota in return for torian prince exactly i you know torian prince he's from san antonio went to warren high school so that's definitely a big tie right there He's a good, I mean, six, when eight. he was in, the, yeah, 6'8", got very good defensive player. When he was on the Hawks, he was averaging 13, 14 points a game for a couple seasons in a row. Shoots the ball well from the three. So I think he could fit in for the Spurs really well and maybe carve out some meaningful minutes at some point. On our YouTube live feed, Frank Valdez says, Lion needs to be here. Yes, four years, but the first two didn't play much. It's because of his inconsistency, which four years later, he is still displaying even to this day. At this point, the book is out on Lonnie Walker. He is an inconsistent player, and at some point, you just cut bait with that. There's a reason they didn't sign him to an extension before the start of the season. They do that with the players they're going to keep, i.e. Derek White, i.e. DeJounte Murray. When they reach that final year, they usually have an extension ready to go for those players. They Mm -hmm. didn't with Lonnie, which tells me what they think of the future with Lonnie Walker. Lonnie needs to be on a team that is more fast-paced oriented. The Spurs are very half-court, get into our sets, pick and roll with DeJounte, kick it to Lonnie, and then he creates something. But Lonnie thrives sprinting and running and flying in the open court. So he needs to be on a team like that where... He can really showcase his athletic ability and his talents in that regard. He is Jack Thompson. You can follow him on Twitter at Jack underscore Thompson 33. I am at I am Pledger. You are locked into not the Saturday morning hangover. <laughs> this is halftime right here on San Antonio Sports Star ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. Coming up next, we're going to talk a little bit about the Houston Texans' Ooh. new head coach and how that had pivoted. Plus, we've got tickets to go see Death on the Nile live. We have a Woj Bomb. And Fandango cards plus Woj Bomb coming up right after this here on San Antonio Sports Star. Predict a perfect score and win $50,000. We want more money. Presented by yeah, Deets Tractor. Yes, now and win at sasportstar.com. It's halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. On the go at com. My name's Michael Jimenez. I'm live at Radio Row in Los Angeles, California, site of Super Bowl 56. Joined by Jack Thompson and James Pledger. I understand some breaking news is coming into the studio. What's going on, man? We have a road ball. This is breaking news from San Antonio Sports Star. So, just now, Adrian Woskanowski of ESPN tweets out that the Indiana Pacers have traded DeMontis Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, and Justin Holliday for Tyrese Halliburton, Buddy Heald, and Tristan Thompson to the Sacramento Kings. Wow. That's a big-time trade. I honestly thought that the Sacramento Kings would get rid of Darren Fox before getting rid of Tyrese Halliburton. Halliburton's a good player, man. He's very good. Seems like a very big waste of a uh, lottery pick there. It does. <laughs> but Sabonis it, is a very good player. It's it's interesting because you're taking a look at these teams, and I wonder if they're reloading or rebuilding. You know, Sacramento looks to be reloading, right? I mean, come on. They got the better of the player in Sabonis. He is the all-star going that way. Halliburton, over the long haul, might be the better player for the stretch of time. 
Uh, interesting trade for both, but it shows that the Pacers were serious. They're wanting to blow up that team. Yeah, that's Miles Turner is still there. They've traded they got, four players in the last two weeks. Four players, and on top of that, you if you look at Sacramento obviously making a push to get into that play-in or bottom of the uh, Western Conference with the moves that they're making, but what does this mean for Marvin Bagley the third? Like that's a guy yeah. who's tried to been getting out of that. Mm -hmm. situation for a long time and get himself into a better situation yeah. for himself and he still seems to be stuck there and now there's another guy in his way in Demonis Sabonis. Yeah, and Bagley, I mean he only averages 22 minutes a game. So it's he's it's not like he's getting a lot of run. You know, he's somebody who we don't know what's going to happen. He was drafted so high in the draft a few years ago and th with that comes expectations, but they never really gave him that opportunity to get those 35, 36 minutes a game to see what he can do at that level. But it's it's fascinating to see what Sacramento's doing. Uh, interesting that they're that they're being a player when it comes to all of this. And, and the they, Pacers this... are including a 2027 second round pick in the deal with the Kings. <laughs> yeah. oh, I mean, cool. It's a lot like what the Spurs <laughs> got for Brent Forbes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but man, more Woj bombs to come. What, we got what Can't 48 wait. more hours. 48 more hours. Mm -hmm. Do you think Ben Simmons is going anywhere? No. no. That's fat. That's crazy. Absolutely crazy that, that that guy has not been traded yet. They're wanting too much. That's it's plain like, and simple. It's, it's like the, John Wall. Yeah. Uh, you know, they they don't, aren't just going to give him away. Yeah. And his contract makes it to where very few teams can afford to bring them in in the first place. It's just, it's a hard fit, and you're not going to take pennies on the dollar for a player like that. And they shut him down, right? It's, he's still getting paid. No. Ben Simmons is not getting paid. No. Okay, I know that I knew that earlier in the season He's lost twenty they, million they, dollars this season. That they had suspended him without pay for a while, but I thought that, that had been like put back in by the players union or something like that. No, he's lost twenty million dollars this season. Mm hmm It just sits there. <laughs> just mm -hmm. sits there. Yep. You know, and I mean that's an all star right there. I mean that's yeah, one of the no doubt in my mind that Ben Simmons is going to be a great player again. But right now, I mean the league's uh, what have you done for me lately? And the scent, the scent around him is not good. And I mean he just needs to get back out there and hoop to prove himself. But until then, and the, he's just going to sit around. And the last time we saw him on the court, he flamed out. Man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just the last. This is a league in which. They think about the last thing in which you have done. And the last mm -hmm. thing that he did, we saw him completely just fall apart in the biggest games of his career. So until the one side decides something, it's just he's in purgatory. Yep. Esteban Ramon says Sabonis is going to NBA purgatory. In the Sacramento uh, Kings. In the Sacramento yeah. Kings. Here's the thing. But, I like the pieces around that team. I like yeah. Aaron Fox. Sabonis gives them a legitimate big. I think they're legitimately it's trying just, to make a push to get into the postseason. But why Tyrese Halliburton? Like, they have old man Harrison Barnes, who's have, still very good. They have He's a lot of faith good. in Davion yeah. Mitchell. They got Buddy he Oh, Dave. Yeah, I they guess. They have a lot they, of yeah. faith in Davion Mitchell. But why not Davion Mitchell and Tyrese Halliburton? Like, I just don't understand that. Like, Fox is the piece in which you know what you're going to get. Like, I don't see him getting much, much better. Fox seems to be the piece they want to build I like De'Aaron Fox a lot, too, though. It's just weird that you draft Tyrese Halliburton so high and then just ship him off. I don't know. But well, they're shipping him they off for an all-star. No, uh, yeah. Him and Buddy Heald both. I mean, now the Pacers are rocking with 
Brogdon, Heald, and Tyrese Halliburton. That's pretty solid. It's a nice little solid core. Yeah. I mean, I'll, they'll probably get rid of Miles Turner, I would imagine, in the next 24, 48 hours. San Antonio, step up to the plate, my oh, dudes. Please, please. <laughs> Brian Wright, come on now. Come, please, I would come love. out of hiding and go get Miles Turner. I would love Miles Turner. They are willing would... partners. Indiana's willing to make a move. So We've seen this would already. You, would you do a trade centered around Jakob and Miles Turner? I would. Wow. You know, the, the, the emergence of Zach Collins, who I know mm-hmm. has only played one game, but we saw what we saw out there. And he's a lottery talent who just happens to get hurt a lot. Yep. That makes it interesting. Mm-hmm. That makes it more interesting where it could make Portal expendable later on. Maybe not now, but but later on. And but who's I to know say Portal has to go in return when you're taking on a Miles Turner? I'm just saying, like if that was the that was just a for instance. Sure, sure. But you could pair him, move him to the four, Keldon back to the three where he probably belongs. Yeah, Keldon is a three. There's no doubt about that. Now, Miles Turner, I mean... But Zach Collins is a four, in my eyes. Making $18 million a year right now, so basically, you know, you're looking at you're looking at Thad Young's contract right there. Would they take expiring deals and a draft pick? Maybe. You know, Thad Young and a Lonnie Walker and, and a first. Nah, maybe just Thad, Thad and Lonnie. That and Lonnie. Well, no, no I know. pick in there. You'd have to but throw it, a but, pick. But, but, but let's say, but maybe, maybe it's not this pick. Maybe it's Chicago's 2025. Hey, I would do that. I would do that. There are multiple options, multiple frameworks now. that you need to get done. <laughs> Send that right now. But I'm trying to get my hands on Miles Turner oh, from the yes. San Antonio Spurs. Shoots threes, can lead the league in blocks. Him and, him and Zach Collins as a 4-5 would be nice. It's 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 so fun watching everyone get excited about Zach Collins after one game. Well, but I've he, been a fan bought, of I've mm-hmm. been a fan of his since Gonzaga. So I've yeah. known what he's been about. But he balled out in the G League, and we're like, wait a minute, this guy is rested. I mean, he hasn't played in so long. Oh, he's he itching. Goes, he's itching, he, foaming yeah. at the mouth. <laughs> he's going out there and just launching threes and just throwing daggers down, grabbing boards. You know, it, that that's the fascinating part about this whole offseason that the Spurs had last year was in getting Zach Collins, it was all upside. Because mm-hmm. they could have they just bailed on him at the end lottery of this year pick. anyway. It's a lottery, lottery ticket right there. Just yeah. lottery tickets. Found money on the ground. Literally. <laughs> all right. So I, I might have to stop calling Brian Wright the hologram. If he pulls off one more move that we're all in support of, and we think it's pretty interesting. I will. Uh, I will stop that. If By he the can way, just get rid of Thad for literally something, in, someone who's breathing, like yeah, just anything. Just give us a second rounder and move on. Man. I know. This is just, just, <laughs> and I know you have to match salaries and stuff like that. But hey, pledge because Dejounte Murray mm-hmm. is now officially an All Star. I'm okay with everyone chanting MVP at the games. No. Yes. No. I have changed my mind. He is now an all-star. You that haven't was even my won 20 games. That was my rule. I said he wasn't even an all-star. I hadn't said anything about the about the records. We know that. But now that he's an all-star, eh, okay. The acquired I'm hypocrite. That. Got it. I'm fine with that. No, it's called evolution. Uh, my position evolved over time. It, that but is nothing not changed. They're what still you, a bad nothing team. Changed. Oh, 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 nothing changed. Sell that to DeJounte Murray. Tell him if nothing has changed in his life, in his career, and the trajectory of his career in the last 24 hours, being either an all-star nice or a non-all-star. 
Yeah. Man's will get a nice Good bonus. Good times. That is, Good this for is him. not he hypocritical. This but, is not hypocritical. In he terms, does deserve it. In terms of you, does that mean I, that we should be shouting Andrew Wiggins MVP? Does that mean we should be shouting, you know, other people that are fringe all stars that got voted in as Lamelo Ball MVP? Well, he uh, does get that. Pledge, uh, you, you you said fringe all star. There's no such thing as a fringe all star. You either are one or you're not. Well, DeJounte I think Murray if you're an is. injury replacement, you're fringe because you weren't going to be if not for somebody else not going. Yeah, but hey, it didn't go all the way down the he's list. An he was he's Kirk an Cousins dude. is a Pro Bowler, but he's a fringe Pro Bowler. Dude, because uh, you're, you're going to start this argument again with me about Kirk Cousins being a Pro no. Bowler. Kirk Cousins okay, is Dak an average Prescott quarterback. Then. Dak Prescott. Oh, well, I mean, he was fourth out of uh, he was fourth. There was three quarterbacks. He was taken, not in he was the fourth. initial countdown. It was other people pulling out that got him in. He had made the Pro Bowl or had made the Pro Bowl in years past. You're trying to you're trying to uh, get me all all riled up like Quinn Hudson. You're trying to therapy couch me on this one. I'm not falling into that trap because Dejounte Murray is legit All Star. I don't he care is. if he's a replacement or not. He's not an MVP saying, though. You're saying you're saying fringe All Star. I know he's not the MVP, but I was very. I, I, I thought it was kind of tacky for Spurs fans to be chanting MVP to somebody who had not been an all-star. He is now an MIP, all-star, MIP. therefore... Yeah, there I'm you down go. with that. MIP. MIP. All right, so so Jonathan Seawich is out to us on YouTube, wants to know if I'm going to evolve from the Warriors being an F. I'm not going to evolve from that because that movie absolutely sucks, man. I'm sorry, <laughs> that movie was terrible. Jack, have you seen that movie? I think I've seen some of it. I don't know if I've seen all of you it. Go, you go to the Spurs games and you hear the Warriors yeah, I know, yeah. come out to play. Yeah, that's the fun part of the movie. But, man, my wife gave it the exact same rating. It was awful. And everyone wants me to – I want to watch good movies, man. What is it all with the, all these cult classics that people are sending me? They want me to watch Bloodsport, okay? How many Oscars did Bloodsport win? Did they win any? Did, is, it, is it one of those Rotten I'm sorry, Tomatoes have you seen Oscar-worthy movies? <laughs> no, but I've seen good Did you movies. watch Parasite? Uh, Parasite, I've tried, but then it was subtitled. Yeah, oh my. but uh, but when my you wife talk didn't... about Oscar-worthy movies, that's what you're talking about. Most of the movies that are nominated oh, for seen... Oscars are movies that aren't even in theaters. That that is today, which is by the way, I saw the Oscar list today, and I'm like, oh great! I not only have I not seen these movies, I haven't heard of eighty percent of them. But back in the day, back in the eighties, seventies, eighties, and nineties, the Rod. movies that were popular out loud, watch Hot Rods is funny. Uh, <laughs> The, the, the movies of the 70s, classic. 80s, and 90s. Oh, yeah. It's Andy Samberg, dude. How, how cult classic That's is Andy Samberg? That's a cult Samberg? classic, for sure. It's 100% a cult classic. But the thing is, is that those movies back then that were popular were the ones that were getting awards. And I'm not saying I need to watch like a, an Oscar-winning movie, but... You know, a movie like like Officer and the Gentleman, like uh, Ryan Engel right here, sitting right next to me, wants me to watch that movie. You know, that was a popcorn flick. You know, I mean, uh, I, Scarface was good. Scarface was a good movie. That was a cult classic. And they gave me crap yesterday at dinner because they were asking me what I thought about The Godfather, as though I had never oh, seen it. But I have seen both that movies. In front of my dad. <laughs> no, no, that movie, both movies, one and two, were both perfection. Yes, okay. And good. and three, everyone rags on was okay. Was okay. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't as good as the other two. Pledge, what else we got going on in this show, man? We go to break. Uh, I would hope so. At some point, we got to pay bills, you know. All right, let's go pay bills. You guys I, I, are out there on on a company dime. They yeah, got to well, pay for it. Right, right. We're holding uh, it down. Uh, all right. Uh, you know what? Maybe I should 
call up the rundown. Like I said, I yeah, didn't know I was there's, doing. A, there's a rundown. There's a All promo right. suite to let you uh, know that the big game coverage is brought to you in part by AA Best Bail Bonds, as well as the Nearside app, Texas Cheer Liquor, and Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds. The whole reason y'all are even out there. More from SA and LA when we come back. This is halftime on San Antonio Sports Star ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. This is Joe Reinagle. Jason Menix and I will get you caught up in the latest news, moves, and more this afternoon, 4 to 7, on San Antonio Sports Star ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. Upload a photo of what's on your grill and enter description and recipe at sasportstar.com and you could win a $50 gift card to Tri-County Meat Market. Winner chosen every Thursday at 6 on the Blitz. Welcome back to Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. It's Michael Jimenez live from L.A. on Radio Row for Super Bowl 56. Pledge and Jack Thompson are holding it down for me at the studio. Fellas, hey man. It is Super Bowl Sunday, which means it's the end of the football season, yes. But it's the most glorious time, the most glorious game when it comes to Super Bowl betting. Just betting in general, man. March Madness, Super Bowl, those are where it's at when it comes to betting. Fellas, how much are you going to have on the line this Sunday? I haven't really taken a look at anything yet. But probably, I'll definitely have some money on some stuff. Yeah. I got a couple hundred set aside that I know I'm going to play with. I'll probably do a couple hundred bucks also, but the best part of Super Bowl Sunday is all the prop bets. But beyond what's going on on the field, what happens off the field. You know, the halftime show is going to feature Dr. Dre, Eminem, Snoop Dogg, Kendrick Lamar, and Mary J. Blige. Oh, yeah. It's incredible. One of the, mo- one of the most fascinating prop bets out there is... Which of these three songs will be played first? California Love, Nothing But a G Thing, or Lose Yourself? Because right now, California enough, Love. Everyone says California Love. I believe I that so. too. I think that would be perfect. You know, halftime show starts, you know, brought to you by whoever, 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 and then all of a sudden you hear California Love. That sounds perfect, but mm-hmm. the, actually the favorite right now is nothing but a G thing. I can see that too, though. The well, piano. Here's, here's the reason I say it Dre can't be California Snoop. Love is because Pac's not there. Oh, right. Obviously. But hologram Pac, man. You got to do that <laughs> or something. No, nah, it would probably be nothing but a G thing because that's, that's Dre and Snoop. Mm-hmm. I would go with G thing. Hey, can't uh, be Lose G- Yourself. That's no. a closeout song. Another prop bet song. That's that's a great point. That's a very good point. Um, another good bet over here. Snoop Dogg. Will he be smoking on stage? Didn't say what he's going to be smoking, but you can get two to one on your money if he's actually smoking something while on stage. <laughs> I would take that bet. Yeah. <laughs> Cooper <laughs> Cup. Cooper Cup. Longest reception. Twenty-eight and a half yards. Over. over Hammer the over. Hammer on the over. The. Uh, National anthem, which by the way is the tackiest way to bet when you play when you go to Vegas, because everyone starts hooting and hollering because they want that that last note to extend. Uh, but man, it looks like the over under is really short, a minute thirty five. I'm taking the over on Who's that. Who's singing it? Mickey Guyton, four time Grammy winner. Under. Even money, heads or tails, tails never fails, baby. That that's what I'm doing on that mm-hmm. one. That's where I'm going with it. How many commercials will feature a dog is set at six and a half? Let's take the under on that one. Yeah, I'm thinking four. 
Yeah, Chris Villasenor reaches out on Facebook Live and says he's with Jimenez on hologram Pac for sure. There has been a hologram Pac, right? There has, there has been. Ha- like way back in the day, been. yeah. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. Resurrect that thing, man. You know, start off with California Love. Go to nothing but a G thing. You know, hit up with some Mary J. Blige songs, you know, and, and then lose yourself. I wonder if there's going to be, like, some sort of rock act, because they, they sometimes do that, you know, like, you know, Bruno Mars, and all of a sudden you saw Red Hot Chili Peppers. There's got to be some sort of surprise act out there that's going to come out there. Do you guys have any predictions as to who that's going to be? No, I don't think there's going to be a surprise act when you got that many people already. Yeah, I mean, for, it's like for a Wu-Tang seven, concert out there. Yeah, budget might be spent at that point. For 17 minutes... Trying to fit in Eminem, Dre, Snoop, Mary J. Blige, and Kendrick, and Kendrick Lamar. Lamar. That's oh a my God, I huge forgot about ask. Kendrick Lamar. I forgot about Kendrick Lamar. He has to at least get like two or three minutes, right? Some sort of melody of of, of his. It's hit. just going to be a bunch of choruses, like a yeah. bunch of main liners from each song. <laughs> Very nice, man. I still believe that the two favorite ones that I've, I've ever seen is Prince, and I love Bruno Mars when he was out there. But, man, we have another hour of halftime to go on San Antonio Sports Star. We're live from Los Angeles. When we come back, we'll talk about Lovey Smith being hired by the Houston Texans. Man, this smells rotten, man. Come what? on. This smells rotten. Pledge is a, is a, is a token Texans fan. We'll break this down. We're live from Radio Row in Los Angeles. This is Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star. Michael Jimenez. Halftime. It's our number two of Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250. Now on 103.3 FM. We're on the go at sasportstar.com. My name is Michael Jimenez, your host. From noon to two, I am live at Radio Row in Los Angeles, California, site of Super Bowl 56. Having a good time here, checking everybody out. A lot of media out here. I understand that on Thursday and Friday, it's going to be crowded with lots of spectators and fans out here. So it's going to be a big deal. So the calm before the storm. Back at the studio, we have Jack Thompson and James Pledger. Now, before we came back from break, was there breaking news involving the Spurs pledge? I mean, kind of, I guess. Uh, Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report has recently tweeted out that Thaddeus Young is expected to reach a buyout agreement if he's not moved by the deadline. Makes sense. That's Makes absolutely sense. Because the Spurs absolutely ruined any prospect of getting something for him when they benched his butt for no reason. Thad Young is one of the six or seven best players on that Spurs roster, one of their best front court players. And he didn't sniff the court much this year. So if the Spurs aren't going to play him and have such a bad record, why would anybody else want to give anything for him when they know he's going to be bought out anyway? Mm-hmm. What's the point? It's almost like he just got placed on waivers, man. It's just basically it. But uh, Kobasa Bacon phone lines are open at 656-ESPN, if you want to talk about it. 656-ESPN. Another topic to talk about. Again, we are live at Radio Row right now. NFL, Super Bowl is going to be this Sunday, Rams and Bengals. My daughter's already reaching out to us on Facebook saying that she wants some Bengals gear because she is an LSU student. Joe Burrow comes from LSU, and at some point, I will refer to this place over here in L.A., Jack, as Radio Burrow, because I am cheering for the Bengals. But (laughs) 
In NFL news, the Houston Texans have themselves a new head coach in Lovey Smith. Kind of surprised everybody because, yeah. uh, you know, Brian Flores uh, suddenly does this uh, this this lawsuit against the Miami Dolphins, against the Giants, the Broncos, and the NFL. And all of a sudden, the Houston Texans hire an African-American as head coach. And Lovey Smith is somebody who is actually a talented head coach. Okay, so nothing against him. He has a winning record. I believe he's 89 and 87 as a head coach between multiple different teams. Uh, as we look at the move in which they just seem to pivoted out of nowhere to Lovey Smith, right? Yeah. They had three finalists reportedly. Jonathan Gannon. Mm-hmm. And on top of Gannon, they had Josh McCown, who had never coached a day of football in his life. <laughs> so stupid. And Brian Flores, who is in litigation against the NFL. Mm-hmm. He's filed a class action lawsuit against the NFL. Yes. Apparently, last week, it was reported that Jonathan Gannon was no longer in consideration after a couple of interviews and being a finalist. Then it was down to McCown and Flores, and both were big-time finalists when it came to that. So, what happens over the weekend? It's down to one or the other. All of a sudden, optics are at their fever pitch worst, and an immediate shift and pivot is made... And they ch- go to like, oh, we're interviewing Lovey Smith, the mm-hmm. defensive coordinator and associate head coach. Just from what I have already laid out to you, what are your initial thoughts? <laughs> I don't know. It happened so quickly. I just don't understand. It. He was already the the coordinator and associate. Like, why wasn't he mm-hmm. a finalist when they were picking out their finalists? And it, I don't know. A lot of it just did not make any sense to me, especially that Josh McCown never coached a day in his life and he was the front runner. Like It doesn't make sense because it wasn't ever going to make sense because they were never going to hire Lovey Smith. Yeah, it's just, this, as we welcome Michael Jimenez back on, was never about anything else than Brian Flores. Like they, they were going to initially go with Josh McCown, but the optics got so bad, especially with Flores being a finalist candidate mm-hmm. against a guy who had never coached a day in his life, that Flores was considered a finalist, but you can't hire him. Who's going to hire someone who's already leaking inside information due to perceived slights? Therefore, even if anything wasn't going wrong... Mm-hmm. Optically, anything he perceived as a slight could be used in a lawsuit against the team that's already active. So he's unhirable at this point. Can, can you imagine if Flores had waited a week, week and a half to file his lawsuit? If he had waited for Josh McCown to be hired by the Houston Texans, what would have it looked like? I mean, if you think the optics look bad in, in them considering hiring him, imagine if Brian Flores got passed over by the Texans for Josh McCown, Mm -hmm. and then he filed his lawsuit. It would have been game, set, match. He would have won everything. NFL would have to then settle with Brian Flores because it'd be obvious to everybody out there. You you can't run around this and say that that none of this is true, that there's no racial discrimination going on at the higher levels of coaching in the NFL. 
you cannot say that anymore if McCown had gotten hired. Now, right now, what's going on is they're saying, well, you know, the Dolphins hired someone who's biracial, and, you know, Lovey Smith is coming in. But everybody knows, man, everyone with a pulse with, who can put two and two together knows that the reason why Lovey Smith was hired was because of what's going on with the Flores, uh, the Flores lawsuit. That's the reason. Everyone knows it. Rocky Casillas says on our YouTube live feed that as a Texans fan, he likes the hire. He's just wondering what Casario is doing. And as a Texans fan myself, Rocky, I also think Lovey is a decent hire. The problem is it's optically how they came to this decision. And you asked about Casario. I think this is all because Casario wants control. Look at who they first eliminated. Jonathan Gannon, who's an up-and-coming, big-name head coach, and who they were eventually going to go with was Josh McCown, somebody who'd never coached. What does somebody who has never coached give you the option to do? It allows Casario to control what the coaching staff looks like and continue to be on the headsets like we heard he was in-game with David Culley. So, by elevating Lovey Smith, you allow him to continue to mold this staff. What has happened since then? We have promoted our quarterback's coach and passing game coordinator, Pep Hamilton, to offensive coordinator. You keep your defensive coordinator in place. You get to keep your special teams coordinator, Frank Ross, in place. You get to keep the coaching staff kind of molded the way you want that coaching staff molded as a general manager because usually when you bring in a new head coach, a coach brings in his own staff of people he trusts and he wants to work with. My conspiracy theory is... Lovey brings, or Casario brings Josh McCown onto this staff. He will be a quarterback's coach. All of a sudden, in a few years' time, we see Lovey Smith get elevated to a new role within the organization the same way they did with Romeo Cornell this past offseason. And Lovey's son, Miles Smith, who is the linebacker's coach, gets moved up to defensive coordinator, elevating his career while also getting to elevate Josh McCown to the role that they've wanted him in all along. I like how you connect the dots on all of this because all of this makes perfect sense. The, the sad fact is that Lovey Smith is an NFL-caliber head coach. He has shown that he can win. He has playoff victories under his belt. So it's not that it's a bad hire, it's just an out-of-nowhere hire because the dude was actually on <laughs> payroll this entire time and was not considered to be someone that they were looking at. What I don't understand is, how did Josh McCown suddenly become some sort of offensive genius that could suddenly become a head coach in the NFL? Josh McCown was in the NFL for 18 seasons, started like 70 games, right? 70-some-odd games. How is that guy a starting uh, a head coach, you know, bypassing becoming a quarterback's coach and becoming an offensive coordinator. How did that guy jump to the front of the line? I've never understood this whole scenario here. It's not like it's Peyton Manning. It's not like it's Andrew Luck or 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 John Elway or somebody like that. This even is somebody if it who was, was, even if it was, but you could actually just make a an exception to that. You know, we see that with the in the NBA with Chauncey Billups becoming a head coach and Steve Nash. And it's like, we, we go, well, we trust that because they were stars and, and they were leaders of that team. But a journeyman backup quarterback becoming a head coaching candidate, to even be mentioned as a possibility 
was beyond imagination. But they were going to hire him. Make no mistake about him. The Texans, that was their guy. Absolutely. Ridiculous, man. Rocky Casillas on YouTube says, good call pledge. Man. Woo. Houston Texans, man. You know, they dodged a bullet there because, you know, what, what might happen with a Lovey Smith, a head coach, they might actually get better. You know, they he's might actually coach. develop the quarterback. He's a good coach with a winning record. You know, he's out there. Brian Flores, I, I, I fear, has committed uh, career suicide, but um, mm-hmm. I, I think most people believe him. And, he, you know, and you're so right. If he would have waited an extra couple of weeks for yeah. this to play out with Josh McCown to where there's no mm-hmm. optics, and all of a sudden, boom, that's the smoking gun you have if you're Brian Flores. Yeah. yeah. That's it. And he doesn't have a smoking gun, you know, I mean, unless he gets a hold of text messages or emails or things like that. But, you know, uh, the smoking gun would have been McCown being hired, but he does. uh, Flores doesn't have that, but I think he has public support behind him when it comes to it. But, uh, you know, sometimes those clipboard, clipboard quarterbacks got it is what one of our comments says right here. I don't know, man. I don't know. Kellen Moore, though. I gotta ask Jack this question because you are mm-hmm. a cowboy fan. They're running it back, baby. Running it back. Kellen Moore back as as offensive coordinator. How excited, scale of one through ten, are you that Kellen Moore is coming back to Dallas? Uh I mean if that is the question, probably like a <laughs> six or seven. Yeah. But if it's how excited are you that Kellen Moore is the O. C. and it's not Mike McCarthy? About a ten. <laughs> so very yeah you know it, it's so funny everyone always says yeah but the cowboys had the number one offense last year no one really feels that i mean the numbers might say that but no one actually felt it you know but uh i don't know man it's 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 interesting when you take a look at the cowboys and are they going to regress next year jack i mean Let's put you on the therapy couch here. Do you get the feel, do you get the feeling that maybe the Cowboys are going to get worse because Zeke is getting older, because Gallup won't be there or he'll be hurt, because Cedric Wilson won't be there, Amari Cooper gets more brittle by the year. Do you get the feeling, Jack, that the Cowboys might actually regress this year? They can still win the division regress, by the way. Uh I don't know. I think I feel it would be about the same maybe. I don't It's Tougher hard to schedule. Tougher schedule, for sure, but I think, I mean, I hope that there are some changes in how plays are called and what type of plays are called, but I, I still think we're going to be really good, and I think that Michael Parsons and Trey Diggs will still continue to take big steps. I think that hopefully we will follow some of the patterns of, like, the Bengals and these other teams with these young receivers that they just force feed and let them make plays. So I yeah. Think, I think we're going to do some of that with C.D. Lamb next year. And if we can retain Dalton Schultz and Amari and everything, then I think we'll be. I think we'll still be really good. Now I want to put Mike Jimenez on the therapy couch after putting Jack on the therapy couch. Oh, yeah. Your team has a new head coach promoting defensive coordinator Dennis Allen to, as their new head coach. Although you're a team that is still seventy four million dollars over the salary cap with no is real quarterback, is and that a lot? Yeah, it's a little bit. <laughs> it, it's uh, it's a good chunk of change. I think it's the most of any team in the NFL. Um, yeah. How are you feeling going into the season and? Can Dennis Allen survive this? Well, first of all, the Saints need to draft Kenny Pickett. 
they got to do something about that. What's interesting about it is you take a look at the mock drafts right now. One through ten don't have a quarterback out there. So if Pickett can fall to the Saints, that would be amazing. You need to have a quarterback out there because Jameis Winston, uh, Trevor Simeon, Taysom Hill, and Ian Book, I cannot believe that those four almost led the Saints to the playoffs. It was remarkable. They had a winning record with those four guys. So, yes, they needed to obviously address the quarterback position. Uh, they need to have their their all-pro uh, running back not get arrested, too. That would also be nice. But uh, Dennis Allen's kind of interesting. I mean, he you know he was head coach of the Raiders way back when. Uh, he was only 40 years old when he got hired. 8-28 and 28 record, but that team was awful. So I don't know what to expect. What was the bright spot of the Saints last year? What was their defense? Mm-hmm. It was the defense. They but locked can down you Brady keep that twice. together when you're that far over the cap? You know, I mean, yeah, that that's the hard part. There's going to be a couple of obvious cuts that are going to be out there. One's going to be secondary. One will be defensive end. Uh, but I think they can still have – they have a, a lot can of good Can you retain guys Marcus Williams? He's going into free agency, isn't he? Yeah, that's probably going to be the one that – And you uh, don't have the cap space to be able to tag him. Right. Okay, I am now officially on the therapy couch because this is really starting to upset me, okay? Uh, I guess the good part is is that Brady's no longer there in the NFC, okay? That's the positive part. That's the positive thing for both the Saints fans out there and Cowboy fans that Brady is no longer there. But it's, it's, well, it's going to be all about the draft. Maybe on his Let's Go podcast on Sirius XM NFL Radio, he came out, and I'm not sure that he's 100% committed right now to being retired. You know, I'm just going to take things as they come. You know, I think that's the best way to put it. And I don't think anything never, you know, you never say never. And, you know, at the same time, I know that I'm very, I feel very good about my decision. So, I don't know how it feels six months from now. It most likely won't. But, you know, I try to make the best possible decision I can in the moment, which I did this last week. And, again, I think it's not looking to, you know, reverse course. I'm definitely not looking to do that. Um, but in the same time, I think you have to be realistic that you never know what, what, what challenges there are going to be in life. And, um, again, I love playing. I'm looking forward to doing <laughs> things other than playing. That's as honest as I can be with you there, Jim. Never say never. Never what say a- never. What a diva, but he he, he earned a it, A week man. into earned... retirement, he's already <laughs> waffling. Hey, man, his, his buddy's Gronk, right? Didn't Gronk retire once and come back? So why not Brady? <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, I mean, he's already sounds like he's waffling a little bit there. But I think what that is, is it's it's the it's the 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 depression that sinks in once you know that that career is over. It's the uncertainty of what the future holds. Right. I mean, he could be very successful in business and and in all the the ventures that he does. But the fact of the matter is, is that this is all new to him. He has been a football player his entire life, and now to be told that he is not that anymore, it's difficult. We see that. That's why you have these athletes who come around and play until they're told to leave the court or leave the field. It's because they know no other thing. So for Brady to have that reaction, it's very understandable. I mean, I know people who, I mean, San Antonio is a military town. I know people who retire from the military, say that they want to retire, but the second that it happens, they're like, oh, my God, what do we do now? It's exciting, but it's also scary 
to to do something different, you know. Uh, but I think Brady will stay retired because the NFL, man, it's very mm. difficult to to just you know just to wake up one day in July and say, you know what, you know, I, I'm going to be a football player again. I mean, you you need to be a hundred percent mentally checked into the whole thing. Okay, I've brought up all the reasons that. Saints fandom should be at least concerned moving forward with the salary <laughs> cap, the free agents, the possible cuts you're going to have to make. But right. you can free up a lot of money by trading Michael Thomas this offseason. Uh, you talking about, uh, well, yeah, jeez, man. You can't trade Kamara. His, his contract is not structured as such. But Thomas's is to where you can free up some money if you got rid of him. It's so funny because you take a look at Michael Thomas, and it's like you said, Michael Thomas. And I'm thinking to myself, is he still on the team? He is. Mm-hmm. I, I I know he's still on the team. You know, he was, you know, go, he was told to go kick rocks during the year. Uh, but it's one of those things where I mean, that's an obvious play right there because, you know, I mean, he wasn't on the team last year anyway. You know, and the year before he was hurt most of the year. So uh, when you say Michael Thomas being part of the Saints, it didn't. It didn't click in my head as though he was a member of the Saints. Marcus because... Callaway, you're number one. Oh. <laughs> All right, we need Kenny Pickett and any receiver who played for Alabama or Georgia. I don't care if they were third or fourth string. They were probably a four or five star. Go get them. Now, that being said, though, with the uncertainty with the Bucks and Brady being gone, Carolina just kind of being a mess right now, as things sit currently – where do you feel the Saints sit within this division? Uh, I'm not going to know right now. I mean, right now I'd say probably third best out of out of the four. Uh, but right now I'm taking a look at it. It's gonna it's gonna depend on what happens in the draft. I mean, the, the draft changes things, man. I mean, we saw that with the Cowboys with Micah Parsons. I mean, when you, when you get a stud player like that on the defense, it means a lot. But right now. Um, it's it's rebuilding for 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 my saints. Unfortunately, you know, uh, I, if I am blessed to come to the next five or six radio rows at the Super Bowl, I I doubt the Saints will be at any of those games. And Minix is over here just uh, <laughs> laughing at me. Guess what? Your Cowboys will also not be at any of the next five or six as well. <laughs> but <laughs> but we'll come back. We have more from Radio Row here in Los Angeles. I'm holding it down here in L.A. Pledge and Jack are an essay. Oh, we need to give away tickets. Caller number seven gets tickets to go see Gal Gadot, Death on the Nile. Two Fandango codes mm. on the line. Caller number seven. This is halftime on San- oh, 656-ESPN. Call into 656-ESPN. That's the Kielbasa Bacon phone lines. We'll be back on the other side. This is halftime on San Antonio Sports Star. Take a break from the hustle. This is halftime with Michael Jimenez on San Antonio Sports Star. ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. It's halftime on San Antonio Sports Star. You know San Antonio Sports Star's AA Best Bail Bonds big game coverage is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds, Nearside App, Texas Cheer Liquor, and Southern Recipes Small Batch Pork Rinds. We're live in Los Angeles at Radio Row, site of Super Bowl 56. Happy to be here. I'm here with Jack Thompson and Pledge, both in the studio right now. You know... 48 hours away, man, from the NBA trade deadline. Are the Spurs going to do something? Please. Well, hey, (laughs) hey, hey, I've I've said the Spurs for many years, the Spurs have a rotary phone. 
that's what they do in the front office over there. They pick up a rotary phone or they don't answer it at all. But at least they're entertaining offers because there are reports out there that say the Chicago Bulls tried to get Yaka Pertle and offered a first-round draft pick, and the Spurs said nope. And that's a good thing. That's a okay, good, that is a good thing. thing. Mm-hmm. That is a good thing. I, I want them to make moves, but I don't want them to make moves for the sake of making moves. Okay, first and foremost. I need more uh, for Jakob. Exactly. And it looks like uh, other teams out there, like Charlotte, are is interested as well in Jakob Portal services. So, I mean, they're they're engaged in conversations. So Charlotte the are, and Toronto. Toronto's interesting, man. I mean, they've got some young players out there that I would love to have on the Spurs roster. So Charlotte, I mean, is an up-and-coming team as well. I mean, I'm sure they've got some pieces, but more importantly, they've got draft capital that could come our way. But, Jack, what would it take for you, man, to take to say, hey, Pearl, for Priyaka Pearl, who would you want for that? Top 15 pick? Because the Bulls weren't going to give you a top 15 pick. They were going to give you a 25 pick. It depends. Uh, I would either like a... Very good first rounder, and maybe like a second rounder, like two type two picks, or a good player and just a first rounder. Yeah, well, I, I agree. I absolutely agree. You know, Thad Young is also out there. What's going to happen with him? Uh, you know, there are some reports that some teams like Minnesota might be interested in a Thad Young. Bleacher Report was was Suns. mentioning that as well. The Suns, the Suns. still seem interested. Mm-hmm. Hey. Go get Jalen Smith Bucks, in the first. I've heard the Bucks being mentioned ooh, in terms ooh. of on the Bucks. What I want. See, but that's the fascinating part about all this is that one team, one team is not going to make a move and actually offer anything to the Spurs unless there was a bidding war involved. Yes. If they think that they're the only one interested, they they have no incentive to offer anything. So that's the problem that the Spurs are in with that young and Bleacher Report's reporting that if that young. Uh, is still on the Spurs roster come trade deadline that he's just going to be bought out at that point. And that's going to tick off a lot of Spurs fans because mm-hmm. we've been told this entire time, hey, Thad Young, we'll get something for him. Nope. Yep. Doesn't, look, doesn't look like that, that, that's going to happen. I mean, there's still time. There's still two days. But just don't be surprised if the Spurs get nothing for him. I find it interesting when it comes to Lonnie Walker. He's on an expiring deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would get, I would, I'd be happy with a second-round pick and a bag of chips for Lonnie Walker at this point. He has played his way out of San Antonio. He's not going to be re-signed by this team. And it's, and it's sad because I don't think it's Lonnie, man. I don't think it's Lonnie at all. I just think it's the wrong system for him. Yeah. I just think it's the wrong team for him. He's going to go off someplace and have a successful career. Yeah, he needs to play in a more fast-paced type of uh, offensive environment, not a set, like, half-court set every time like the Spurs like to get into. Yeah, yeah. I, I see him averaging 15 to 16 and a half points per game someplace else. He is very, very talented. And that's going to upset a lot of Spurs fans, man, because we wanted him to do that here ever since he was drafted. And we were like, man, who is this guy with the big hair, you know, who has the cap, you know, hovering above it? Who is that guy? We want him to be a star. But, you know, Spurs fans, like all fans, overvalue their own talent. What's up, Pledge? You always overvalue your own talent. But yeah. just in terms of Jakob Pertl and the Bulls, because there's not there's not a whole lot of there there when you're talking about their first-round pick. Kobe White. But yeah, there is a guy that, obviously, by getting Jakob into the fold, that maybe 
if let's say they offered Patrick Williams. That would be I mean if they wow. did that then you instantly take that. But I just Yeah. We talked about that on the hangover though. We, we just thought that wasn't even in the question. No, we didn't think it was in the question, but it, maybe if you give up a first with Jakob for him? No, I'm not doing that. I'm just saying, there's multiple frameworks and multiple things that can happen one way or the other. But if you're that's the type it would of deal it would have to be for me to be like, okay, now I can entertain Jakob Pertle. Colby can White you, in their first. I'll take that. Can you imagine Devin Vassell and Patrick Williams on the same team all again? over again? <laughs> all over again. You know, we loved both of them in Florida State. I remember mm-hmm. saying to myself during that draft, either one of these two guys, I'd be perfectly happy with. Oh, there was with. no way that we thought Patrick Williams was falling, well, though. Well, no, about a, about, a, about two months before the draft. He was the riser. He yeah he was the riser because it was like yeah the Spurs could might maybe get him at eleven or twelve and then he went at but four. no then he went four yeah <laughs> and and that was a little bit surprising everyone knew he was going to go top eight at that point uh, but he was the riser and during you know when March Madness was starting we were like any of these two guys we want when Vassell dropped to the Spurs that was that was fantastic but uh, yeah. speaking of Vassell, I love Devin but I feel like I'm going to regret them not getting Tyrese Halliburton for a long time. Well, and, and that's the thing. You know, Halliburton was taken immediately after Vassell. I wanted him so bad. And Ty- Well, and that's the thing, because the Spurs already had a point guard, you know? Just kind of is yeah, what but it is. But we run but Hall- two guards. We run the combo guards. Oh. But Hall- Halliburton is on the move. Traded today mm-hmm. for a Woj bomb about an hour ago. Traded from Sacramento along with Buddy Heald and Tristan Thompson to the Pacers for... Dumas, uh, Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, and uh, yeah, Justin, Justin Holiday. Uh, Justin Holiday. Yeah, what you got you go. for us, Pledge? Now, looking at this, Woj is reporting that the Sabonis uh, Tyrese Halliburton trade could have a significant impact on Miles Turner's future with the Pacers. Turner now gets to play center and is apparently thrilled at the idea of playing with Halliburton. Oh well, yeah, wow. that's I would want to. I, he's so exactly, good, but that's what I'm saying. That's like it affects. Yeah, when you get players like that, imagine Halliburton and Dejounte together. How electric that would be! Imagine Turner and Murray together. I know like, but, that would have. But he now gets to play with Halliburton. The problem I had with Halliburton is the same reason you run into with Derek White. They're two guys that are kind of on-ball guys. Like it's you're forcing two of them to play together when they. Essentially, both kind of need the ball. Halliburton is very like pass first. He and Darren, Darren Fox were very good together. He has the ability to shoot the ball and stretch, like do a mm-hmm. lot of really good things. I like him a lot. Limitless, potential. but it could potentially impact the ability of procuring a Miles Turner now. Oh yeah, I, I don't, yeah. I don't think they were going to get rid of both Sabonis and Miles Turner. I think it was one or the other. Now, Pledge, you were mentioning earlier that Brian Windhorst is reporting something involving Ben Simmons because we were talking about whether Ben Simmons would actually be traded. He's a little bit more optimistic about it all. Yeah, Brian Windhorst said that sources across the league said Monday there's absolutely a chance of a Harden-Simmons trade happening. Wow. And just, just to add context to this, James Harden is being held out of tonight's game. Mm-hmm. That's the sign right there, right? 
You know, you shut him down. James Harden's going to be the most interesting person ever inducted into the NBA Hall of Fame or the Basketball Hall of Fame because it's going to be one of those things where it's like, you know, who does he represent? Is he an, is he a, a is he part of OKC? Is he a Rocket? Is he a Net? Is he a future 76ers? It's one of those things where you just can't say, man, he was a great player for this team. You know, he was just all over the it's place, a man. You, you, you still consider him a Rocket? Yeah, that's where he does. Yeah, the he's a reason rocket. he's going to be in the Hall of Fame is because of the stats he put up when he was a Rocket. I don't know, man. It, it's it's so interesting. Uh, it's where he, he spent the bulk of his career. His prime. Mm-hmm. It's where he was an all-star. It's where he's a multi-year all-star. It's where MVP. he was an MVP. And it's where he probably should have won multiple MVPs. Because, let's face it, there were years that it felt like he got snubbed just because the voters have a little something against the way that he acquired his stats. Yeah, I'm waiting for that 30 for 30. If there hasn't been one already in the works involving Oklahoma City Thunder from 2010 to 2012. I mean, the fact that they had all of those players, when they had Kevin Durant, when they had James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Serge Ibaka, all of those guys, and they never won a ring. That's going to be absolutely fascinating. I'm just as fascinated by that. But back in the day, Pledge, you and me, we, we would watch the NBA in the 90s, the Mavericks back then with Kidd. And uh, Jamal Mashburn, Justin Mashburn. Jackson. Yeah, that's another one. Another what if in the NBA. But uh, hey, we have another 20 minutes to go here on halftime. We are live at at Radio Row here in Los Angeles, brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds, Nearside App, Texas Cheer Liquors, Small Recipe, uh, Southern Recipe, Small Batch Pork Rinds, which I love, by the way. Get those all the time. But uh, this is exciting over here, man. It's starting to fill up over here. I am being told that Thursday and Friday it's going to be a madhouse over here. Mm -hmm. I've never experienced this. Like I said yesterday, kind of empty. Today, probably about, what, 50% full right now? But we don't have fans here. We don't have all of that going on. But we have more to come here in Los Angeles from Radio Row. We'll be back after this on San Antonio Sports Star. Hey guys, it's Rudy J. Your home for sports talk is right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. Welcome back to Halftime on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM. You know, San Antonio Sports Star's AA Best Bail Bonds big game coverage is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds, Nearside App, Texas Cheer Liquor, and Southern Recipes Small Batch Pork Rinds. Welcome back. My name is Michael Jimenez. I'm at Radio Row in Los Angeles. Super Bowl Sunday, less than a week away. Pretty excited to be out here. So uh, during the break, James Pledger was asking me, hey, uh, what are you doing tonight? So I look over at Minix and I said, uh, hey, what are we doing tonight? And he says, well, I'm going to be a man with Ryan Angle and go drinking. You're probably going to go back and sleep early tonight. Sounds like that sounds like something Jason would say. <laughs> Pledge says that sounds like something you would say, but you know we're 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 pre-gaming here because his birthday is Thursday. His birthday is Thursday, so I mean, what is it like? I mean, do we have to like get him a cake? I mean, I mean, there's a we're in a Mexican town over here in Los Angeles. I can get him a piñata or something, you know. But he wants to go out. He says we're going to some sort of beach, which means one of two things: either he's going to make me go home and go back to sleep because I punked out yesterday, or 
he's going to make me designate a driver. He's going to say, no, mm-hmm. it's too expensive to Uber <laughs> yes. to yep. Redondo Beach or Manhattan Beach, which, by the way, was $75 each way that we saw yesterday. So uh, he's going to force me to be designated driver, probably. Yes. That's what, one of the reasons you're there. You are the getter. <laughs> you are the designated driver. You are the person that acquires things for them that they need within show. Like, you have a bunch of hats that you have to wear. Designated driver is one of those hats. <laughs> Unfortunately, you might be you might be accurate when it comes to that. Joe Medellin reaches out on Facebook, asks the question, Mike, who's been the biggest groupie there, Rudy, Jason, or Joe? Kind of hard to say because none of us no, have seen it's many easy celebrities. To say. Athletes. It's been Ooh. you. You've been the biggest groupie there. Me? You're already snapping selfies with some TikTok star. <laughs> okay, first of all, journalist slash TikTok star. Yes, okay. <laughs> I'm going to make it my profile pic uh, on Facebook. And already talking about like geeking out over warm moon coming to the table. Like I already uh, know who's the biggest groupie there. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Warren Moon, dude. I'm super excited about Warren Moon and meeting him because, dude, I mean, oh, Minix is looking at me saying he's canceled him. Oh, dude, don't, man. Don't. Don't make oh come on man but no it's uh it, 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 it it's fun times man it, it, this is this is great over here but yeah dude if I see anybody Houston Oilers related Warren Moon being that guy man that was I mean I love the Spurs the Spurs are my favorite team to to watch right now you know I went to all five finals or six actually uh, I I I live and die by the Spurs but the Houston Oilers growing up man that was something to me that was very very important. I mean, I remember drawing the oil derrick and coloring it in and doing it wherever I was at, man. That was like my symbol right there. I was a huge, huge Oilers fan. And Joe Ryan goes right next to me, and he's just nodding in agreement right mm-hmm. now because there was something special about being a fan of that team because they never made it over the top. They always, they were always a fun team to watch. They were going eleven and five, twelve and four. But man, story of my o- sports fandom. That offense with receivers <laughs> of Ernest Givens, Haywood Jeffries, Curtis Duncan, Drew Webster Hill, Slaughter, Webster Slaughter back there, Bubba McDowell out there. Oh my, I can name the whole team. Dude. I can Rachel, too. Lorenzo Neal, uh, uh, Alan Pinkett, Mike Rozier, Chris Bruce Dishman. Matthews, Chris Dishman. There's a good one. I mean, all of those guys. How did they not win a ring, man? They were forever there was eleven so and five. Much there. there was you so much talent. Me, you haven't put me on a therapy couch yet about the Houston Oilers because they would put me on one. That's why. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the whole love you blue. Oh my God, when they moved from Houston to it Nashville, it broke my heart. Yeah, and that's why I can't cheer for them. That's the thing, man, because Ryan Eagles over here, still a diehard yeah, I can't Tennessee do that. Titans fan, and I can't do that, man. That's like... I hate everything associated no. with the Adams family. <laughs> <laughs> Including the movie. Yeah, all but the movies, the- TV shows, Bud Adams, Amy Seastrunk Adams, all the Adams. Yeah. I can't, man. <laughs> oh, dude, dude. We were talking uh, during the break also about... Uh, uh, Oilers fan, I had little brother syndrome, says Rocky Castillos on YouTube. No, I never really thought about it as that. But, dude, by the way, man, speaking of the Oilers, I I would go to Houston Oilers training camp when it was at Trinity University. And that was fun, man. I was an intern at KSET at the time. And I would go over there and, you know, just... 
do whatever, man. But it I was, had it season was tickets to the Oilers growing up. As a matter of fact, did you know that I got to meet Warm Moon and his family while on vacation because they were staying at the same Sheridan down in South Padre that we were one summer, and I got to meet and hang out with his kids. And that's awesome, yeah. man. So, so like, how old were you? I was young. This is back when I was living in Houston, so it had to be between the ages of like eight and thirteen. Meantime, Jack Thompson is sitting right there as a Dallas Cowboy fan, and I, oh, I yes. know approximately what age you are. We all have something in common. My team never won the Super Bowl, and your team in your lifetime has never won the Super Bowl. So Mm-mm. same. Uh, but man, I will I will say this about the Cowboys: when they win the Super Bowl, whether it's next year, five years from now, ten years from now, twenty years from now. The party, the hangover that will happen immediately afterwards, the state would need to declare a holiday for like a week because people are not going to be going to work. <laughs> like, you, I, like we saw when the Spurs won the NBA titles, seeing like going up and down Commerce Street, Southwest Military Drive and all that stuff, all the honking of the horns. If the Cowboys ever won the Super Bowl again, it would be absolutely not insane. If, but when? Uh, if or when? I mean, yes, but not if, 20, but when? Uh, yeah, I mean, the Red Sox said that for eighty-six years before finally mm-hmm. winning it, and, and the and, Cubs and, fans said it for over hundred. <laughs> you, <know, laughs> you know, and that's the thing about sports, man, is that you know when your team is good and it's championship quality and winning titles, it's it's embrace you, you have it. To, you, you have to grab on to that, man. I remember telling my wife, babe. Uh, I need to take out several hundred dollars because I got to go watch the Spurs in the finals. It may never happen again in my lifetime. I told her that in 2014, right? 2014, it, it seems like it was so close, right? It's, it, it's not that far away, but nah. I mean that's that's eight years ago, man. That is eight years ago for Cowboy fans. It'll be at least 27. That's absolutely insane, man. But I I look forward to it. I look forward to the day that the Cowboys eventually win the Super Bowl. It may not be until the year 2040. Yeah, and Jack's right. It'll happen one day. Maybe <laughs> not with this collective group, but it may happen one day. But, man, the uh, exhilaration, the festivities, it will look like Mardi Gras in San Antonio, Austin, Dallas, Houston, El Paso, Laredo, Corpus Christi, everywhere. But, uh, man, hey, thank you again to A-Best Bell Bonds, you know, uh, Nearside App, Texas Cheer Liquor, and Southern Recipe Small Batch Pork Rinds for sending us out here to Radio Row here in Los Angeles. Thank you to James Pledger for producing the show and for Jack Thompson being part of it today. We'll be back here at Radio Row. Jason Minix, Joe Reinagle at 4 o'clock for three hours, 4 to 7, The Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 103.3 FM.